The nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are... Thank you so much. <laughs> this is such a great honor to receive this in this year when we recognize and celebrate and honor women. And I'm so in love with my brother right now. <laughs> he just held me and said he loved me, and I know he's so happy for me. I want to thank Miss Hattie McDaniel for enduring all that she had to so that I would not have to. Um, I, I can't tell you how encouraging a thing like this is. It came true. <laughs> Welcome to the Best Supporting Actress podcast, where we are going to examine and look at all of the nominees for Best Supporting Actress over the years going backwards. So today we are talking about 2018. Indeed. Uh, An exciting year for us, especially because we made a point to see all of these movies uh, and all these performances, almost all of them we saw in the theater, which is even better. So we are going to spend some time going through uh, the big movies of 2018, talking about what we thought would be nominated, and then kind of talking about who were the contenders for uh, Best Supporting Actress nomination, and then who the actual nominees were, what we thought about each performance, why they were diverse, why they were interesting, uh, and what makes them really, really stand out for us. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh Um, So looking back at 2018, in your opinion, um, what movie stood out to you the most? Uh, That's hard, because there were two of them. Okay. Uh, I didn't think that... I didn't think I was going to like Lady Bird. Okay. But I really loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a child of the 90s. Uh, I mean, I'm really, I guess, I'm a child of the 80s, but my formative years were in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So it, it... brought a lot back for me. Um, so I loved Lady Bird. And um, I also loved I, Tanya and Call Me By Your Name. So they're, they're actually that, that's actually three, not two. So um, I think that those three movies were like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing this year. I got it. Yeah. I, I did not want to like Lady Bird. I went in not liking it. You didn't want to like I it? I didn't want to like it because I think I was tired of seeing these coming of age movies and i think i'm at that age now where i'm like okay i think i've i've seen enough right you've, you've I, gone you've yeah, lived it I've, you don't need to okay. see it yeah right even though i'm very i i love the 80s and i like that whole genre of films um so going into it it was like it was opening up um a old high school yearbook yeah and seeing my life not only my life in high school and in the theater, I mean, who did not want to do a Sondheim musical yeah. <laughs> in high school? We didn't do it. No. But then you're watching and it's like, oh, my God. But it was like little subtle moments of the uh, theater person's high school experience yeah. of doing the show, getting close with the cast, yeah. going to cast parties afterwards. Yeah. But not only that, it was a snapshot of a relationship with... A mother mm-hmm. and a child or i'm gonna say a parent and a child yeah um which in a lot of like 80s coming of age movies that i've that i love there's not it's always like the adult in the background saying don't do this don't do that but this was a very real experience on film that i haven't seen you, that's something in a that long you time. bring up that's interesting i'm gonna go back a little bit you talked about being a theater person movie and i think that those three that i brought up especially were theater people movies mm-hmm. like they were dramatic. They had something interesting about them. They were a little bit maybe left of center, especially I, Tanya. Lady Bird kind of seemed straightforward, but when you think about her as a character and her wit and her humor and her darkness, those are the things that kind of drew, I think, a theater person out. You and know? who has not wanted to jump out of a moving car? <laughs> with their With their driving. mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was that point. It's the... The girl in high school who falls in love with a gay guy. She doesn't know he's gay. He doesn't really know that he's gay. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that, too. But I think overall, I think uh, that was probably... No, I think it, it was my favorite movie yeah. of 2018. Well, I remember watching Call Me By Your Name with you, and I really loved it, and you didn't as much love no. it. No. No. Um, what did you love about it? 
I just thought Guadagnino did a beautiful job shooting that movie. Like, I had problems with the t- casting of the two leads very much, but I think that the movie was shot beautifully. I think the story was told beautifully. Uh, I'm a fan of the book, so I also thought that the translation from you know novel to screen was relatively smooth um, and made me care about these people. Like, I wanted to live in Italy in the 80s and fall in love with an older man. I mean, I did fall in love with an older man, technically. <laughs> technically, shut up. <laughs> um, okay, I I did I did not hate that movie. Um, I enjoyed it. It was beautifully shot. I think the one thing that I did not like about that film was that the dad, yeah, was not nominated for anything, and it's that. Let's go back. He was in like four movies last year. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, it was it's the same. It's the same emotion that I got from Lady Bird with that parent-child dynamic. Um, It's that conversation at the end when he tells him that he loves him. And it has really nothing to do with talking to your parent about sexuality. It was the parent saying, I am here for you. Yeah. I love you. You're going through some pain. And I think as, as a gay man, as every gay man has always wanted that conversation with a parent. Yeah. And it's. I think that's what was so emotional about it. But his performance as well. Well, and I think that's was... why gay people like that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not the only reason, obviously. But, like, that that is the coming out conversation that you want to have. So, are we... With are, your dad. With your dad, of all people. We're advocating that, you know, Michael Stubarg should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Last year. Actor. No, I'm saying actress. Like, he should have been in that category, too. Okay. Because you know? it was yeah. good. It was really good. That um, mom had really nothing to do in that movie. No, I. But I also I think it was I think it was beautifully shot. I'm. I it that wasn't my coming out experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, it was hard to relate sometimes yeah. to it. That's a whole different podcast. We'll talk about our coming out experiences in some other podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was you know, that experience growing up in the '80s and coming out during that time. So they talk about that they're going to do a sequel. Yeah. So I like to see where that goes. Um, because yeah. in the book he gets married, mm-hmm. the older guy gets yep. married. Yep. So that and you get a sense of that at the end of that movie, like mm-hmm. that because he's phoning him while he's with his fiance in New York, and mm-hmm. they're having some of those conversations in that um, end part of that movie. But I, I'd be anxious to see how it translates. But okay, so let's stop talking about that. Let's talk about Itania. <laughs> uh yeah. Which I you didn't like. I enjoyed it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You enjoyed it for the camp factor. Yeah, because I I think the best supporting actress, it should be maybe you will want to go as them for Halloween. Really? Because, I mean, look at her mother. Well, yeah, okay. but like... Is, you get that does old that, fur coat. But does that make a good supporting wig, actress performance? You get that bird that was on her shoulder. But does dressing up she as... She was like Alice and Janney, the pirate... But does dress, dressing up as someone make them make that a good? I think that's what makes it iconic because it's like you get that visual. Someone says, "Oh, I went to see Itania," I, and that first image is of, first of all, Alice and Janie kicking that little girl out of the chair. Yeah, which is it. That was one of the the moments. Well, something we're going to talk about specifically on this podcast is what makes a supporting performance, and we talked about this in the trailer a little bit. But what it is that makes something supporting or not supporting? Um, there's this idea of like these showy performances that are small somehow manage to sneak in to supporting actress sometimes. And while I think it's not, uh, it's not not valid, but I think that there's a performance like that where you can upstage everything else in the movie and you can take focus away from everything else in the movie with that Mm -hmm. one performance. And I, I personally, while I enjoyed Alice and Janie's performance very much, and I enjoyed the movie as a whole, I think you walk away from that movie and you don't remember Margot Robbie. I'm sorry. You like, don't. you think about Well, Alice neither did and the Academy, no. apparently. Which is a problem. And I, because my belief is that a supporting performance should do just what's in the title, it should support the story that's being told and it should support the performance of the lead actor or actress. I think it's the show off part. Well, you, that's what it's become, but I'm saying what it should be mm-hmm. more often than not, you know? And we'll talk about the, there's some of the performances this year that really have that did that that really did support other performances what it should what this um category should have been called was best supporting mom or best supporting wife 
Um, because not only that, with Lady Bird and with Itania, you get two very different yeah. mothers. Um, Which is perhaps why one won and one did not. E- yes. But did you like did you like Laurie Metcalf's oh, performance? Oh, God. I, what did you like about it? Because it's subtle, right? Like, and I, I, subtle is a hard word because her performance is not necessarily completely subtle, but there are a lot of moments of motherhood, of, of anguish, of tension, of like sadness and, and love in that performance that you just don't see. I see her as a complete character mm-hmm. and not as a caricature of someone. Yeah, and it's it's that ending. It's yeah. that um, when she's in the car. Yeah. I don't want to do spoilers. Should we do? I mean, it's been a year, so I think if you haven't but, seen it, we'll say spoiler alert. If you're not gonna, you know, if you are gonna watch it and you haven't seen it yet, turn this off. Come but, back to it when you're done. Because I think what brilliantly um, Greta Gerwig does is that it's not just a story about a teenager no. coming of age. It's about it's more it's universal about a than that. And it's it's that I mean, who hasn't had that those moments with their parent when they're leaving, when a child is leaving to go, and it's that that mentality of okay, the world is big. Here I go. I'm going to jump out, and I'm this is my life now. As opposed to the parent who is like, don't go. Mm-hmm. I still want to protect you. Um, so I think it was also that moment when they had they were already arguing. They had not been talking for a while. And then all of a sudden, she gets on a plane, and there's that moment where you think, it's every 80s movie, that they come together at the end, they apologize, they hug, and then they go. And it doesn't happen. And this doesn't happen, and it's like, that's what was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I think the movie in general did a really good job of subverting expectation. Because you hear what it's about, you hear kind of who the characters are and then you're like oh well that's just that sounds like something i've already seen before and then you see it and it's not i mean it's not the story that you think you've seen before mm-hmm. which is the beauty of that movie and the beauty of Greta Gerwig's direction and writing and uh all of that because you can't you cannot tell that story in any other way than what it was told i mean yep. it, it, then it just becomes you know pedestrian really mm-hmm. so and have you always been a laurie metcalf stan fan um stan you got it but this is something we're gonna we're gonna work on. This is a, a stand. This is a new lingo term that I need to teach you. Is it a gay lingo? No, I think it's just the lingo of the youth, as you'll say it. We're we're in our mid thirties, so we're not of the youth anymore. Uh, let's say we're in our late thirties. You're in your late thirties. I'm still in my mid. I'm dragging you down with me. Yeah. But Stan is like uh, someone that you stand for, someone that you stand for, that you love, that you're a fan for. So it's Hard. better than a fan? Kind of. It's bigger than a fan. You're a stan. Like, you'll plant your flag for that person. So have you always been a Laurie Metcalf stan? I have, because I think um, before I met you, I just kind of always visioned that I was going to be, like, the Uncle Jackie of mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. And I was perfectly okay with that. Yeah. So I, I've always been a fan since back then and i agree but also she was in a movie that i love from the 80s desperately seeking susan she was so she was in a movie that we love from the 90s too which was scream 2 oh and also uncle buck uncle buck yeah that whole yeah i love that um and then so i think i'm glad that she's had this huge kind of resurgence in the past year well and something that we're going to talk about a lot as we develop this podcast and as we go through back through the years is we believe very firmly that in this category, there tends to be a lot of icons and legends and people that we really, really like stand for, people that we plant our flag for, that we will become fans of for life, you know, because of either this performance that they're nominated for or a number of performances. So we're going to talk about if the nominees this year, if this solidified them as an icon or a legend mm-hmm. for us. And not only that, it's... Two of the top contenders of 2018 came from TV. Yeah. They got their start, like, in, well, at least being famous in TV. Yeah. With The West Wing and with Roseanne. Well, and, we're, and something that we're noticing and seeing a lot more now is that the TV film crossover is insane. Like, it, it, before, you had a very distinct TV and film. You didn't do both. Do you remember when it stopped? Oh, I mean, as soon as we started streaming stuff, right? Really? I think the first... I think the when I first noticed that happening was with Helen Hunt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was the first time where it was like, oh. Well, and she got a lot of flack for that 
uh, that win and that nomination because people were like, well, a TV actress isn't going to win Best Actress. Because I didn't really know her as a TV actress. She di- I only knew her from one specific movie, back from the 80s. It was... Um, yes. Girls d- d- Just Wanna Have Fun. No, no, no. Okay, that too. Yeah. Even though she was like... She looked like she was 30, playing <laughs> 17. But she was also in this movie, it was called Desperate Living or something, where she was a drug addict. It's like the after school special? Sort of. And she was in an after school special too. So And she her she was a sister and her brother was a drug addict. All her friends were drug addicts and she like jumps through a window. Yeah, that's the after school special. I think that's what it's called, Desperate Living. I, don't I think remember. oh my gosh, I don't remember. Um it was Desperate Something. But so I remembered her from that. And yeah. then and then to see her in As Good As It Gets, I was like, oh, well, she's not too bad. Yeah. But then... And she's she's maintained, you know, a fairly decent film career, and now it's directing, and, like, got another nomination a couple of years ago for the mm-hmm. session. So she's done well, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this category, more than anything else, really shows us these actresses, or gives us performances, or, you know, allows for actresses who give these amazing performances in small bits who are sometimes older actresses, sometimes actresses who mm-hmm. um, haven't been, you know, as featured as much. They mm-hmm. gives them their due in a small way, which I think is really, really exciting and why we love this category so much. And also, it also gives them a bigger uh, platform after it's over to yeah. grow bigger in roles, yeah. except for Octavia Spencer, which I'm, I'm waiting for her to get that we'll talk about that later. big role yeah. to kind of catapult her because now it's like she's, she's comfortable in... It looks like she's comfortable in this specific uh, type of character. When we were talking about who was nominated this year, and I was like, oh yeah, Octavia Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures. Got it. I was like, no, that was the year before. Uh So Shape of Water, Octavia Spencer, and Hidden Figures, Octavia Spencer, are they the same? They're they're the same. I mean, those roles are the same roles Mm -hmm. in many ways. And she kind of plays in the same character that she played in The Help kind mm-hmm. of there are there, there are links between all of them i think which is problematic for her mm-hmm. and problematic for the academy as though they are you know they're continuing well, I, to i didn't like the help for obvious reasons well but i did um, like the help but i um i thought she was great in the help but then it was like i was waiting for her to get that next big thing mm-hmm. and then it then she got hidden figures which i liked her in that too but i'm like I want her. I want her to get something yeah. better. That well, she, sometimes sometimes the best supporting actress nomination can also be a curse. It will also kind of force you into the same roles over and over again because if you were really good and you were really successful in that one part, that's all people will see you as, and that's all they'll continue to cast you as. So I I really want I want to see her do something kind of uh, against that type. Yeah, I would too. You know, um, like some kind of I want to see her as a comic book. Yeah, superheroes. What I'd like to see her as. Yeah. Well, we talked about the big movies that we loved from last year, uh, and now we're going to kind of like delve into this category a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about the contenders and the leading contenders and the strong contenders for nomination before the nominations were even announced, and then we'll talk about the actual nominees and those specific performances in relation to each other and who we thought should have won and all that. So we're going to go back through other movies that were bigger movies that year and look at some of the people who were we think were contenders for the nomination. So so we kind of thought, we already knew that Laurie Mac- Metcalf was going to get a nomination. Probably, yeah. We knew that Allison Janney was going to get something. Yeah. Because there was a lot of buzz on both of those. Who else did you think was going to get nominated that did not get nominated? Oh, well, after we saw The Beguiled, I really thought that either Elle Fanning or Kirsten Dunst would probably get something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know because, because that movie was released in the summertime uh-huh. that it, it wasn't typical, like, Oscar-y time to, re- to release a movie. And so mm-hmm. I was, like, surprised a little that it was released then because it was a great movie. Like, it was a really good movie, and those performances were really great. And I was like, can we? Can someone finally give Kirsten Dunst an, an, an Oscar at some point? Like, what does that girl have to do? You know, I was really mm-hmm. disappointed because Melancholia... Um, mm-hmm. Interview with a Vampire, all of these movies. Dropped Gorgeous. Dropped it, well, that's a different performance for a different <laughs> reason, but she's been doing so much good work and nothing's come, you know, there's yeah. a whole, like, there's a whole Twitter movement about, like, give Kirsten Dunst an Oscar, so. So, but also, well, she's directing, too. Isn't she directing the Bell Jar yes. or something? Yeah, okay. yep. with, yeah. I think, one of the Fannings. So that might be not, something for Maybe her. not this yeah. coming award season, but the following 
Well, and I remember I didn't hear anything about it from Tiff. No, and I remember that when we were talking about this year, we were looking at all the movies that were coming out, and you're a huge Holly Hunter fan. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> we have a cleanup in an aisle, David, right now. So, broadcast um, news changed my life. Yeah, and I and I do love Holly Hunter quite a bit. I after we saw The Big Sick, though, I was like, nope. But also, it, I mean, it was another mom. Yes. role and it's like you yeah. have Lori Metcalf you have Allison Janney and then you have Holly Hunter and it's like okay we got a lot of moms okay so I don't I mean I well this category is the mom wife sister best friend best friend category like mm-hmm. those are the typical roles uh, of a best supporting actress nom- nominee will have mm-hmm. um, which is problematic in other ways because there are other Women can do other things besides those. And, of course, there have been nominees who have done other things besides those, mm-hmm. which is another thing we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that's an important um, pattern to look at and why we fall into this pattern and why women in film tend to fall into these patterns or why we on, we only honor these types of roles. Like, that doesn't just doesn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. really. So, who else stood out to you last year? Oh, my gosh. Let me see. Um... Well, there was a lot of talk about Hong Chao from Downsizing, which we didn't see. But, um... Well, after the controversy, I was like, well, I don't think I need to see that movie. Yeah. Um, so, I think that was a surprise that we didn't see her, because she got a Golden Globe nomination, didn't she? Yes, I believe so. Um, so there was, there was that, but I think everybody else, I was just surprised that Holly Hunter didn't, didn't find her way through... Um, but that could probably come up when we talk about the real. Yeah. Well, I know that everyone but... too was really, uh, I mean, the greatest showman got an Oscar nomination for best song, but I know that the people were like hardcore trying to get that in an Oscar yeah. campaign, but I just don't, I was like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, I, I think I'm good. I don't need to see the circus musical. I, I don't, I don't, I'm fine. You know? And I, people were talking about Michelle Williams as potentially being nominated for that. And I was like, I, I don't. I don't need to see that film nominated for anything. No. Okay. I know what I was going to say. Okay. Holly Hunter was one of them. But um, the little girl, Brooklyn Price. In Prince. Brooklyn Prince. Prince. Yep. Brooklyn Prince from the Florida Project. Her, but also the actress that played her mother. Ma, yeah. Who I thought um, was just, it was almost like you didn't want to watch it. It was almost too real. Yeah, it felt a like a home movie. It didn't feel like a like a movie, which made, is credited to Sean Baker, who yeah, made that film. And it, it was uncomfortable in a because it's like I know that person. Yeah, I've met that person at the street. I that person may be in my family. Yeah. Like that is um, I. So I thought that performance was outstanding, but then it was like, is that her in real life? It just it fucked with me too much. Yeah. Um. So that one did. I mean, there was no. There was no response to that afterwards. It was mostly focused on the little girl. And Willem Dafoe. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is valid. I don't... I have a real issue with nominating, like, child performances, especially in this category, because while I do think that there have been some performances from children that have warranted it... Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin, na- namely one. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley Joel Osment, in some ways, like... Mm-hmm. Those performances are great. Like, for a child actor... Dakota Fanning... Yeah. In everything. Yeah. Um, but I, it just becomes a novelty. You know, it becomes a mm-hmm. thing where, why are we doing this? Like, why are you nominating a child? Like, this little this little girl was great in that movie, but she was great because of... That's, that was, that performance was, you just, I was, of course, I, I go see movies by myself. But when I saw that movie alone, it was just like, sleeves on my arms were covered in snot. Gross. Because it was her performance was that beautiful, and her dad's performance. Where was he at? Yeah, back then. But um, I digress. Yeah, there were a couple other um, and talking about this the, this season and the nominations that were uh, maybe not talked about. Um, we did both see Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I really really enjoyed. Um, I don't know that you enjoyed it as much as I did, but. I thought it was weird, and I thought it was messed up, and I thought it was beautiful. Like, and I thought Nicole Kidman did a fantastic job in that film. 
Yeah, I liked that movie. Um, I it was that was the first thing that I saw uh, Colin Farrell in that I was like that okay. I liked. Yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. okay. Well, and I when we saw the lobster, I but which is by Yorgos Lanthimos, who will probably have another actress this year in the best supporting actress category. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did like the lobster too. I didn't mm-hmm. like it as much as I like Killing of a Sacred Deer because of the mm-hmm. Greek element to that mm-hmm. movie. Um, and it's just disturbing. It's really disturbing mm-hmm. and unnerving. It gets under your skin, and it's and that young kid. Yeah, so hard to watch. But I was surprised that she didn't get something for that. Um, I know that there was. We're going to talk about this because I want to talk about it. But I know that there was some talk about Julia Roberts getting another nomination for Wonder. And have you seen Wonder? No. <laughs> she playing a mom. She plays a mom. Okay. Plays the mom of a disfigured young boy who mm-hmm. has to kind of come into his own at school, mm-hmm. and. She's not given a whole hell of a lot to do in that movie, but she has a few scenes. And I, when I heard that she might get uh, some buzz out of that for that movie, I was like, Julie Roberts can do so much more than what that movie offered her. Well, that's what I don't understand. Okay, so um, we may be going back and forth a little bit, but Julia Roberts in Wonder. Talk about a nom- Best Supporting Actress nomination for her in that. And then you put that against her nomination in August Osage County. Oh. How how do you add those two up? Was she nominated as supporting for August Osage? Yeah, because then Meryl Streep took the the top. Yeah, the best actress. But did she? I don't. I, did, I don't think Julie Roberts actually got nominated. Are you sure? Maybe I'm wrong. No, but, I think she did. I think she did. That was the last one that she had. Yeah. But it's like that. I don't consider that a supporting. Well, yeah. Character. I mean, that that's another part that we'll get into, especially maybe less with this year. But there's a lot of category fraud. So happening. I need to know yeah. how they decide. Okay, so this performance is a best supporting. This is an actress. Well, it's the, the actors in the the actors in the studios are the ones that submit themselves. Like they decide to submit themselves in those categories. So there has to be some criteria of okay, this person is in this movie over eight minutes. Um, we should you know what we should do. We should look at the the actual like Ampa's. Um, criteria for how they submit and then kind of use that as, as a base. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I was thinking about that when I saw her name on this list and I was like, how is that matched up with her performance in August Osage County? Yeah. Um, Were there any movies that you saw last year that you thought should have, or actors that you sh- thought should have been on this list that weren't on this list that we looked at? I thought The Beguiled was going to get a lot. Because um, I, I loved the way that that movie was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the whole cast was great. The young girl was great mm-hmm. too. Um, so I think that was the one that I was mostly shocked about. And I think I think that was about it. Yeah, I was I was I will say pleasantly surprised when the nominations came out because I was like, okay, I can mm-hmm. see this. Like I can see these these performances. Um, and I liked almost all the performances, you know, that we saw. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, okay, I can handle this. Like, there wasn't anyone that I felt like should have been in that category that maybe wasn't in that category. Mm-hmm. So I felt, I felt, it felt pretty strong for me. Yeah. So, um, well, the next thing that we're going to talk about are the actual nominees. So drum roll. You want to talk about it, even though it's already been out? <laughs> Tell me what, who's number, who's nominee number one? Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. And then we have Allison Janney for I, Tanya. Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figure. I mean, The Shape of Water. Uh-huh. Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. Let's talk about Leslie Manville. Yeah. For a second. Because we just rewatched Phantom Thread to re- to review our... Yes. Yeah. Okay, so in that, in that Best Supporting Actress criteria, do you think that was a Best Supporting part? That's hard, because in... By definition, yes, it is a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we talk about our definition of what a supporting actress nomination should be, I think it is maybe it doesn't quite reach that level mm-hmm. um, because she is a supportive character. She does help the plot. Um, she does, you know, give a lot of emotional support to the other characters or helps them make decisions or whatnot. But I don't believe that there's anything. There's no turning point with that character. Like, mm-hmm. that character starts one way and ends the same way. Maybe slightly different, maybe slightly changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so, think that Leslie Manville's a beautiful actress. Uh-huh. There, well, there's something beautiful in her stoicism. Yeah, stoicism. Yeah. yeah. That's the word, right? Oh, stoicism. What, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that I thought was really beautiful. Yeah. 
when we were talking about how I, I don't know, I'm confused in some ways why Vicky Creeps did not put herself in uh, either lead, maybe she did submit herself as lead actress because mm-hmm. um, she technically is the lead female performer in that film. Uh, but if you look at it, I I was like, of the two performances in that movie, Vicky Creeps really is the one that deserves, I think, a nomination for that and not Leslie Manville. Yeah. No, but I think I think she I think the the movie is told from her point of view, so I think it yeah. it has to be she would have to have squeezed into the best actress. Well, yeah, race, but she and she didn't. No. So which is surprising. Although I think last year's best actress was pretty tight. So, but then you have if we if we go back further with uh, Viola Davis in Fences, I believe that that was a a main. Part. Yeah, that is that is a lead female role. She was a lead female role in that movie. But she submitted herself to Best Supporting. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a lot of political stuff that goes on, too, when, when the category looks too stacked or when you have too many people submitting. When you think you'll have less opportunity to, to win, you will submit yourself in a different category so that maybe you could actually win mm-hmm. that category, which is, in some ways, unfair. Mm-hmm. Because that's not really where you belonged. Like, you didn't belong in that category. You belonged in this one because that's really what your performance dictates. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so, Mary J. Blige <laughs> in Mudbound. I, Why was she in that movie? I No, I think it was... Uh, in watching it, I could see why she was put in this category. Um it's a very solid performance. Yeah. But the same thing as we talked about with Leslie Manville is the same thing with Mary J. Blige, I yeah. think. Where it's a very subtle performance, stoic. Um, it's a mother. Yeah. Again. And th- she goes through a lot of devastation. But that's really it. I was waiting for that moment of... Oh, yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. why she was nominated. But I really didn't get that. Yeah, and I, we, we talked about that with Leslie Manville as well. It was like there wasn't a big, big moment. There wasn't something that like blew you away about mm-hmm. the performance. And is that the important quality that we're really looking for? Like, is it a big moment? Is it an Alice and Janney big moment? Mm-hmm. Or is it a quiet, stoic, supporting performance that is strong, mm-hmm. Is uh, provides all the necessary things you need for the plot, um, and is executed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to earn you an award mm-hmm. or an Oscar p- for that performance? Because if you look at these nominees, Mary J. Blige and Mudbound, quiet and stoic. Laurie Metcalf and Lady Bird, quiet and stoic. Leslie Manville, quiet and stoic. And then you have two... I would even say, in some ways, Octavia Spencer is a little bit quieter if you compare her to Alice and Janie. Mm-hmm. In that role, she does have more to do. Mm-hmm. But then you have a really loud, boisterous, scene-stealing performance. Violent. Violent performance from Alice and Janie. Yeah. Which is the one that won. Yeah. And watching Mudbound, I think it was shot beautifully. And I, I wish it was nominated for a lot more than what it got. Yeah. Because I think the story was beautiful. It well, it did make history with the cinematography nomination. Yes. And... Um, I was looking at her performance and then I was looking at her son's performance, the actor that plays her son who goes off to war and then comes back and then is like brutalized. And I'm like, where was he at in yeah. the mix as well? So that's what I was looking at. Like in the same thing with Phantom Thread, I was thinking about the other cast members around. Yeah. And I was like, I think they may have deserved that more. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm always interested in why they pushed these people to the front. Yeah. Well, I think with Mudbound, too, that got so much buzz out of Sundance. And it mm-hmm. was, out of Sundance, the first, well, that and Call Me By Your Name were one of the huge, huge picks from that festival mm-hmm. where everyone was like, this is going to be an Oscar nominee. And then mm-hmm. as that season progressed, it was like shaving away at it until mm-hmm. there, like, there were only like two or three left with Mary J. Blige and then the cinematographer. Yeah. Um, and I, cause I don't think Dee Reese was even nominated for writing. I don't think she was nominated for, I shouldn't say that because I don't know. But uh, I don't think that she was nominated for direct. She wasn't nominated for directing for sure, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame because it's it is a beautifully shot film. Yeah. So I mean, this. Uh... So d- really, we can we can actively say probably Mary J. Blige and Leslie Manville were probably not going to win. 
Those they kind of seem like yeah. the outliers well, in that category. Mary J. Blige was also nominated for best song. Yeah, as well, which I thought she was going to get because that song is pretty fantastic. Yeah, but so if we if we exclude them for a second, we talk about the central three: okay. Allison Janney, Laurie Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer. Of the three of them, one of them has already won this award before, and have been nominated for this award twice before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do we think that like? Did she do enough in Shape of Water to earn that nomination or to earn a win if that was going to be the case? I think there was a... Gosh. I think in Shape of Water she had a lot more to play with because um, she was also the the voice of her best friend as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I found her performance in Shape of Water much more interesting than Hidden Figures and yeah. more interesting than The Help. Yeah. Um, I don't know that she had as had a, as much range in that as she has in those other things, but mm-hmm. I found this performance of hers the most interesting to watch. I thought Laurie Metcalf was going to win. Well, you know, as the as the season progressed, it really became a like a, a horse race between Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf, like mm-hmm. hardcore. Mm-hmm. And it was like, who was going to... And then as soon as Allison Janney started winning critics' prizes, it was like, well, I think this is pretty much locked up, mm-hmm. you know? And I... Even over the last, like, three or four years, we'll talk about this as we go get into them, I think there have been very few surprises in this yeah. category as who as to who the winner is. Because you, when you look at all of the awards that are given to it beforehand, you can kind of start to cherry-pick the winner. Like, after about three yeah. wins, you're like, okay. You can see who's going to, like, come out ahead. Well, yeah, that's happened quite a lot. It um, it usually, it happens quite a lot in, in the actress categories, but, like, in the actor categories, like... Um, if we go back a few years to Dream Girls, everybody thought Eddie Murphy was going to win, uh-huh. and then he did not. So that was a big upset. So sometimes there's um, there's kind of uh, sometimes yeah yeah, yeah. kerfuffles yeah. Well, I think that there's something really interesting about this. Why what, what I find the most inter- interesting about this category is the varying levels of performance, right? So some like some like Viola Davis who give this amazing performance that is technically a lead performance versus other characters like take Laurie Metcalf's role Mm -hmm. versus Leslie Manville's role Mm -hmm. right I would say that Laurie Metcalf she's not not the lead of that film but she is far more to do there's a lot more meat yeah there's a lot more about that role that is appealing or instinctual or interesting for an audience to watch than Leslie Manville's performance Mm -hmm. um so how do they fall? How do they fall out into the same category? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like how do you? How are these people being nominated together for vastly different and vastly unequal performances in some ways? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because um, I, 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 when we talked about this, I really loved Itania a lot. I liked the movie and I liked her performance. I was still disappointed on Oscar night when she won. Why? I think it's because I mean this is maybe a personal thing. Is I really have a thing for the underdog Mm -hmm. i have a thing for um wanting people who may not always win to win sometimes Mm -hmm. and when it clearly seemed like alice and jenny was the favorite to win after even just two award shows i was like well now i'm gonna root for the way metcalf because i i do and i do think more than any other performance this year that her like her performance and her work in that movie really I think earned that nomination and earned probably the win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that something far showier and even with less screen time was able to pull a win out. And I, I understand why, you know, that's kind of what people remember from that movie. So they're going to vote for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I just, I think that that Laurie Metcalf performance is just amazing and beautiful and subtle like beyond belief subtle, but then it's still like jaw dropping when you watch her. Like to 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 think about where she came from and what she was doing and you know, we're both theater people, so she's a very decorated theater uh artist and so I was not surprised to see that, but I was so happy when she was cast in that movie. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Were you upset that Alice and Jenny won? I I mean because I, I really wanted Lori Metcalf to win. Um I I think it solidified that last scene where she drops her off at the yeah. airport. I think that was that was really it because then it was I mean who has not 
lost that chance of saying goodbye to someone or um, not being able to tell that person everything that you wanted to tell them before they left. So I think that, I think Greta Gerwig captured that moment very beautifully, but she could not have done it without those two actresses doing that scene. Um, So I was, yeah, I was, I was a little, it got me down a little bit, but. Well, and I, and I think that people have kind of fell into two camps. You either fell into the showy Alice and Jenny camp or the more subtle mm-hmm. Laurie Metcalf camp. And what did we learn? Everybody likes a mean mom. Everybody likes a... Well, everybody likes a mean mom performance. You know, but if that's the case, why wasn't Kirstie Alley nominated for Drop Dead Gorgeous? <sighs> that's, that's the ultimate mean mom right there. And then her and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I think I was... I was, like I said before, pretty happy with these nominations. Mary J. Blige is kind of the only outlier there. And, I mean, at the time, I didn't want to see Phantom Thread because it didn't look appealing. But when we saw it, I was like, I actually like this movie. I like the score for that movie more than I like anything else. The score in Mudbound is really good, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, And I just really like... I really like a movie that that takes an alternative point of view on something. So... I, Tanya reminded me so much of, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous and those kind of movies that I was like, okay, I'm on board with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, that's why even, like, a year later, kind of reflecting on it, I was like, okay, she won. That's fine. And mm-hmm. I love Alice and Janney as an actress, so mm-hmm. I, I want her to succeed, and I didn't want to take anything mm-hmm. away from her. Did it remind you of To Die For? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah that's what I was I, thinking. I just think it, I think I, Tanya was funnier. Mm-hmm. Which is something I also appreciate that, you know, and it was, I wouldn't say it was a comedy by any means, but mm-hmm. of the Best Picture nominees, I think it was probably one of the funniest. You know what's funny? Okay, so we talked a lot about the other movies, but we didn't talk about Shape of Water. Oh, Did you like it? I did, and I, a lot of people were like angry that it won Best Picture, and I was like, but it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. And maybe because we are gay people, we are on the fringes a little bit. You get like all the leads; they're on, they're marginalized. Yeah, they're Every all marginalized people. Yep, and, that, and it's a love story about falling in love with someone who that. is like who is different from you, but mm-hmm. still understands you. And I just thought, I, I mean, I, if I'm being completely honest, I Sally Hawkins won me over with a mute performance mm-hmm. and should have won. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who won that year? It was this last year. Best actress who Frances won. McDormand. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Your, your, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Your wife. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I loved her performance, but that movie is problematic in so many ways. And I have a... I liked the movie when I saw it. But then reading about it more and more after and thinking about it, I was like, oh. Three billboards? Yeah. Problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah, but that performance was pretty solid yeah she was great uh but i do think that sally hawkins was just that was uh, sally hawkins deserved to win for blue jasmine she's she deserved to win for uh happy go lucky which is one of my all-time favorite movies yeah ever do you know happy go lucky you know who directed that mike lee mike lee and you know who was in another mike lee movie who leslie manville (gasps) Yeah. yeah um what is it Oh, I just lost the title at the top of my head. Something about seasons. Or oh, another, yeah, yeah. another year. Another year. another year. Another year. Yeah. Yeah. And she's fantastic in that movie. And not a, Richard, she plays like she plays like a drunk uh like, In another year? Yeah. Okay, we have to watch that. Yeah, we should watch it. Uh Richard Jenkins. Oh. I know we're talking about actresses, but Yeah. He deserved He was beautiful in that movie and that performance itself was beautiful. So mm-hmm. yeah. And what about the the creature? Well, I understand the talk about wanting to nominate that actor because he did a lot without the seeing his face. Mm-hmm. He did a lot with expression and with emotion, but I still think it's it's a little far fetched, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I still think he did a great job. I- well, I love that movie because I was obsessed with Creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. when I was little. When I, and... you know what that movie does though for us, it it is a crossbreed of so many different genres of films mm-hmm. that we love, and it does it, it does it successfully, which I think is a really really big like pin in its cap. You know, mm-hmm. so you have those elements of horror. Mm-hmm. You have a musical. Yep. You have a silent film. Yep. And then you have like period this piece, period piece, thriller, ro- romance, yeah, 
It's a lot of genres like thrown into a bag, which can really go terrible, uh-huh. terrible. But it but works. It does work. It works tremendously. And I, we only saw it once, and we haven't seen it since. But not only that, like that, the ending. Yes, it was just. Oh my god! Well, that's why last year was, I think, so interesting because we did have these. You had "Call Me by Your Name," "Lady Bird," "I Tanya," "Shape of Water." It was a good season. That yeah, it was a great season of movies, and we almost every Best Picture nominee we really enjoyed, we really mm-hmm. loved, and I you had a lot of movies about people on the fringes of society, mm-hmm. which makes for a really interesting film, and can people who are marginalized people can connect to in a mm. much deeper way well it, it also fits into the context of what's going on in our world yeah now yeah i'll be anxious to see what movies kind of end up this year because i do think that we're going to have like we had a reflection on what's happening in our world and now we're going to go like full-on escapism so what do you what do you think do you have any early favorites for supporting mm-hmm. no because we haven't seen a lot mm-hmm. um there have been a few performances that we saw kind of over the summer that I was like, okay. okay. Um, Glenn Close's daughter and the wife, I thought, did a nice job. Um, okay. <laughs> we have, I don't, I did not like that movie by any means, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to kind of go back and make a list probably, but because we've, we've seen a lot. Any performances that you're looking forward to? Uh, supporting performance or just any performance? Uh, let's, well, it's a supporting actress uh, podcast. So let's talk about that. Oh, besides um, um, the favorite. Oh God, Emma Stone, Rachel. Emma Weiss. Stone, Rachel Weisz, and Olivia Coleman. Uh, yeah, that that that's gonna general. be that's gonna be an interesting thing to watch. Um, where those three performances are mm-hmm. gonna fall. Yeah, I'm interested in Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those two, if Saoirse and Margot Robbie will both run and lead, or if or if it's even gonna get released this year. Um, Margot Robbie, she's. Just, she, She's she, going for it, man. She wants that fucking Oscar. Yeah. What are you excited about? Um, what performances, I should say. I'm excited about the favorite is, well, there's that. Um, Assassination Nation, I'm excited for. not Which won't get any. I don't think it'll get any No, but I think, it, I think it has a lot to deal with the times. Yeah. And, um... Do you know what performance has been talked about a lot recently? Who? Um, Julia Roberts. And Ben is back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, in a similar titled movie, uh, Boy Raced, Nicole Kidman is in that as a, probably a, a fairly supporting role. And both moms. Both moms, again. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I think those... I wasn't looking forward to... I'm not really a huge Julia Roberts fan, but um, that one I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing because she's getting a lot of good reviews yeah. on that. So let's talk about the, like, as we kind of go towards wrapping things up, the central question that we're talking about for this podcast, more than anything else, is did the nomination of these actresses or their performances in these roles solidify them for us as an icon or a legend? Like I said at the beginning, I I want to go as Alice and Janney (laughs) for Halloween in I, Tanya. I think that this... Uh, I think Alison Janney was a decorated actress beforehand. Um, yeah. However, I think that this raised the stakes on that and raised the level of uh, her, you know, accessibility, raised the level of what the projects that she's going to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it made her a bigger star than she already is. And for, especially for gay people, I mean, she's a legend for me because mm-hmm. I think she's um, like Drop Dead Gorgeous made her a fucking legend. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and we talked about that movie three times. She's now. also eight feet tall. Yeah. So she's not that normal Hollywood beauty, yeah. even though she's gorgeous. But it's you know. So I think that's why yeah gay people like her so much. Yeah. And I think knowing that Laurie Metcalf was going from this performance in Lady Bird, an Oscar nominated performance, to going back to television in Roseanne, I was like, and back to Broadway, and back to Broadway at the same time, I was like. I don't know if that's a wise, like, mm-hmm. you know, career move. But we did talk about how the, the TV and film thing are, they're going back and forth more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for her to turn around and get an Emmy nomination for Roseanne, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, work, bitch. Anna Tony. Anna Tony. Yeah. Nomination. She was, yeah. She if she would have won that Oscar, she would have been one Grammy away from an EGOT. 
she could read. A, she could do an audio book. book. Yeah, she yeah. probably could record a, a cast recording of something. At, something. You know. You know. Yeah. So did those? There's did anybody else on that list? Mary J. Blige, Octavia Spencer, Leslie Manville. Were they like icons or legends to you at all? Well, I think Mary J. Blige is always going to be an icon to me, but for, for a different reason, not as an actor. <laughs> um, it just takes me back to the nineties. Real love. All of it. All of it. All of it. So um, so I think she's always going to be good in my book. I want to see her do more stuff now. Yeah. Because um, I think I think Mud, Mudbound kind of set the foundation for a very um, nice acting career coming up. Yeah. What about Leslie Manville? Do you think you would... Do you think... Like, if, if you saw that she was in a movie, would you want to go see it after seeing this? After knowing all of this? Now? I think now... But now... I, now I want to see her play like a like a hot mess of yeah, a person. Well, that's you should. That's why you should see another year. Yeah, so I think so. But then now it's Octavia Spencer. I just want to see her. I I I want I want to see her in a main part. Yeah, like I want her to be in a film adaptation of a, a August Wilson play. Yeah, like which one? I don't know. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I know they're already doing that. Oh my god, who's in that? I thought they're doing. I thought they were doing that with Whoopi Goldberg for HBO or something. I can't remember. Maybe. Um, I need to. Look, I need to look that up because I know that they're. I think that, that they're making that into a, a film. I just don't yeah. know who's playing Ma Rainey. So that well, because be Denzel Washington is going to do the whole Wilson canon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so something like that. I would like to see her play against type. Yeah. And do something just that we're not expecting. This is a weird question. Did you ever see Pretty Ugly People? No. I think you might have. I think we talked about it. Maybe. Um, it's Missy Pyle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melissa yeah. McCarthy. Wait. Octavia Spencer. That was a long time A long time ago. ago. Okay. One of her first movies. Yeah. Um, and you, this group of people, this group of friends made this movie together because they're all friends with each other. Uh, and I think, by far, best Octavia Spencer performance I've seen in a long time and best Melissa McCarthy performance. In that movie? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh. I was I was looking through her IMDb page. She did Halloween 2. Octavia Spencer? Yes. Really? Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh, I thought you meant like the original Halloween 2. No. Like, oh. Who I did saw she play that, in Halloween I don't know. Two? It was like Nurse Something. And I was like, uh-huh. what? Okay. She's made random career choices. And I'm like, she... okay. So I'm like, that probably was for a paycheck because yeah. I would... Maybe or maybe she likes horror films. Well, and know. she's another actress that that like she's like Jennifer Tilly for me because like Jennifer Tilly was doing strange work, good work, and then got an Oscar nomination and then did very strange work afterwards. Well, she did Bound, which is yeah another. Why but was that's, that not? That's kind of what Octavia Spencer reminds me of. She like she got her Oscar nomination, but then she continued to do good work, but the same work. And so I'm interested to see where she ends up. You know how yeah. she kind of takes her career what well, trajectory oh, she ends her up and in. jessica chastain are doing that buddy movie oh they it's are like that buddy christmas movie or something that'll be interesting because i like both of them yeah so. so hopefully i mean jessica chastain will play more towards the yeah. back and kind of showcase octavia's work yeah better so anything else any any other icons legends from there that you want to that you want to talk about no i think it was there's always I always feel like there's always a movie that's in these categories that I'm just like, what? Yeah. But I think these were all very good, solid movies. I mean, I think last year was uh, was awesome. Yeah, and I agree. I, I did not have a single problem with anything that was happening in these with these nominations. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with uh, those nominees. And I'm anxious to see where they go next. Uh, and speaking of that, we're going to kind of go through their upcoming projects real quick, just really fast, like speed round. So I'm going to read you the project and kind of tell you the tagline, and you're going to tell me what you think. Okay. Okay. So okay. Mary J. Blige has okay. two upcoming film projects. Okay. One that's in production and one that comes out next year. Uh, this one's called The Umbrella Academy, and it looks like it's a Netflix show. It says, a disbanded group of superheroes reunite after their adoptive father, who trained them to save the world, dies. Who does she play? Oh, you have to ask. She's so... Oh, she's real far down the cast list on this one. So it's like a cameo? Uh, let's see. Does it tell me... She plays someone named Cha-Cha. Okay. So what do you think about that? I mean... Is that where you imagine that she would go? 
No, well, I I need another album, is what I need. Yeah. Um, but I I, gosh, I I want her to continue on this path of yeah. good work. I don't want her to go back. I don't I don't either. I would like her to be more. I'd like her to be more pre- present as an actress. Yeah. Okay, you ready for the next one? Okay. Okay, the next one uh, for Allison Janney. It oh, I didn't even know this. There's, do we do, should we count animated versions of something? Does that um, count? She's doing a vo- some voice work. You know, I I I love any job where you can you know go to work in your pajamas. Yeah, she's doing um, the cartoon, the animated version of the Adams Family. <gasps> Who's she playing? The aunt. She plays Margot Needler. Oh, I thought she was gonna play the. Um, no. Is it the aunt or is it the sister? Oh uh, no, because it's Charlie Theron as Morticia, Chloe oh. Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday, and Oscar Isaac as Gomez. <gasps> but she's fourth. She's fourth. Uh, in the Oof. list, so, um, and then she, she's doing mom. She's still doing ma. Yeah, uh, I'll just pick one of these. There's, she has seven upcoming projects. A lot of these are in pre-production, so mm-hmm. it's hard to tell. Anything of. that stands out, like, um, there's a there's a movie called Fair and Balanced, which is a biography of somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the Megyn Kelly, the Fox News one. <gasps> this is the Fox who News movie. Who is she movie. playing? Uh, Susan Estrich, who I don't know who that is. But that's Margot Robbie playing someone named Kayla Popsill. Uh, Charlie Theron playing Megyn Kelly. Nicole Kidman playing Gretchen Carlson. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait. Wait a fucking second. Yeah. And John Lithgow playing Roger wait Ailes. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. When does that come out? Does it have it the date? It says 2019, but it's still in pre-production. So. It's, it'll probably come out in the spring. Yeah. But hopefully they'll wait until the fall. 20- Holy shit. Yeah, that movie's going to be insane. I cannot wait for that. It's just going to be, just open up the whole category to this cast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one, because you know there there's only going to be one, I think it's, I, because I, Gretchen Carlson was the first one. E, okay. So I think it's probably going to be Nicole Kidman's story, more okay. than likely, but then like you have Megan Kelly factoring I, in there too. Because I, like, I, I, we love women. And yeah. it's it's always it's always great to see like a cast full of women, but then when it comes to the award season, it's like, well, fuck, yeah. Like how how do we how do you even how do you go parse it that? out? Yeah, because well, yeah. that's why we're doing this whole podcast. Was we love actresses, we love actress actresses' performances, and so when you when you have a year that is so stacked and so good, you're like, well, somebody's getting left out, and this sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, what else? Keep going. All right, so I'm gonna skip ahead to Laurie Metcalf. Okay. She's only got two upcoming projects. So the Connors. The Connors. Uh-huh. Which we'll watch probably. Now we I feel will. better watching it now that Roseanne's dead. <laughs> well, yeah, the character. Her character. Is her character dead. is dead. Do you know what her other upcoming project is? No. Toy Story 4. Voice work. Okay. But that's all she has. Just okay. Her and Alice and Janie are going the Yeah. Those are her own over. those are her only um Okay, I'm interested in Octavia Spencer. That's all just make me happy. Okay, let's see. Make me happy. Uh, Upcoming projects as an actress. She has nine. Ooh. Um, Okay, so one of them is um, that Instant Family movie that we saw the the trailer for with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that does not uh, suit me. This, um, she's in the, The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, which is in 2019. And it doesn't say who she plays off. Like, she's pretty far down the list. She plays someone named Dab Dab. I assume that's an animal of some sort. Okay. She's probably voice work. Um, Emma Thompson's in that, though. There is a movie called Are You Sleeping? Which is a TV series, apparently. A family tries to solve the m- mystery surrounding their father's death. Okay, keep going. And she's pretty... Elizabeth Perkins, isn't it? Okay. Um... This movie has a bunch of question marks on it, which is it? Oh, she's playing someone named Sarah Breedlove in the Madden C.J. Walker story. Okay, well that that gives yeah. me a little hope. Um, there's a thriller that she's in with Allison Janney and Juliette Lewis <gasps> called Ma. This new psychological horror thriller from Tate Taylor and Blumhouse. A lonely woman befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think that their luck couldn't get any better, things start happening that makes them question the intention of their host. Okay, so uh, let's move on from Octavia Spencer. And, um, I mean, that movie's not interesting, but let's move on to uh, Miss Leslie Manville. Yes! Yeah. Let's see what she has in production. Uh, not as much as the others. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, she's in Maleficent too. I forgot that she was in Maleficent. She was one of the fairies. She was one of the fairies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am anxious to see Maleficent too. Um, I hope it's called just Maleficent too. You know. T O O T O O exclamation yeah. point. These other three movies that are in production for Leslie Manville are not movies. There's a short film. There's a movie called Normal People, uh, which has her and Liam Neeson. And can I read you the tagline? Okay. An extraordinary look at ordinary love. Is it between her and Liam Neeson? That's all it says. It does not say anything else. Hmm. Tells you the director and the writer is, but that's about it. And then she's got something called Dolly Land, which is another, uh, it's in pre-production. It takes place in the 70s, so... Well, she also does a lot of theater work, too. She does do a lot of theater work. Oh, uh, Dolly Land is directed and written by Mary Heron. I love her. Yeah. So, you know, of, of, of the five nominees, it looks like, um, you know, Octavia Spencer, Alice and Janney have the most work coming up. Mm-hmm. Not um, surprised. Yeah. So you think that that cements them as as legends? I do. Well, they've both been around for a very long time. They move back and forth between TV and movies. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and then, you know, coming up next week, we've got our next episode, which is... 2017. Controversial year, man. I wouldn't say controversial. I would say another... You have no idea who's going to win. Cause no. There were so many powerhouse performances. There were so many performances, but then... The person who did win did not deserve to win in that category that she won in. Well, we we we'll have talk about that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So next next week, two thousand seventeen, uh, and the winner is La La Land. Oh wait, I'm sorry, it's actually Moonlight. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know that all that business too is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, all of it. Uh, so I think this is this is it for us for today. This is it for two thousand eighteen. Watch these movies if you haven't. Uh, and we will uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.